You know, when the people you trust the most prove untrustworthy, who do you trust? Right. When the ones you run to and other people are causing harm, when they're the ones causing the harm, where do you go? It's completely disorienting. You're a high achiever. On paper and through the eyes of others, you've made it. Congratulations. But the truth is you feel unwanted, unworthy, and unlovable. You always have, but you hide it well. Welcome to the Trauma Hiders Podcast. I'm Karen Goldfinger Baker, and this is a podcast where high achievers like you finally reveal what keeps them up at night that no amount of money or recognition will fix. I'm also making it my business to speak with people who get you. Hell, I get you. I am you. So get your best hider's face on, sit down, and let your guard down. What's on the other side of this shit will change your life. There are so many ways people like us fuck ourselves over. But let's start with five ways. When you know them, maybe you'll finally stop doing them. Over on my website, you'll find a free download listing the five ways your fuckery is getting in the way of the next level of your success. Grab it now at karengoldfingerbaker.com. My guest, Dr. Debbie Silber, is a renowned expert in betrayal trauma. Having her own lived experiences of being betrayed by her husband and her family led Debbie down a path of discovery about betrayal, its impact, the ways it paralyzes us, and strategies to set us free. She's a speaker, coach, and author of several books on the subject and uses her own experiences to help others heal and move forward in their lives. On this episode of the Trauma Hiders Club, Dr. Debbie Silber joins me to discuss the five stages of healing from post-betrayal syndrome. We dive into statistics on the physical and mental symptoms experienced by those who have been betrayed emphasizing the importance of healing from this trauma. Listen in for helpful insights, guidance, and practical tips for healing and reclaiming one's life after betrayal. It's all right here, right now, in the Trauma Hiders Club. I'm curious. You know the movie Saturday Night Fever? Mm-hmm. Um, and it opens with John Travolta, Tony Manero, walking down the street with his paint can, and you hear you know, staying alive. If we were to see a movie of you, your life, (laughs) and it was the song that's playing, what song would Mm. intro you best? That's a really good question. I have no clue. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's really, um, as you hear, you know, as as I share where I'm coming from in my story, I've been through a lot and I keep using what I learned to help others. So whatever song would resonate with that, that's the one. Well, what song really lights you up and you and you identify with? You know what song I love? I love, uh, is it Izzy? Izzy's version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow at, for two reasons. Number one, Hawaii is my favorite place. And number two, that was the song I sang to all my kids. So sweet. yeah, little little reason right there why I love that song. Yeah, so that's you know that's really what we're talking about here, and that's great. And you uh, you have lots of kids, right? You have four? Did you? Yeah, yeah. four kids. Yeah. Four kids, two girlfriends of the kids, and the family's getting bigger and bigger, and it's all good. 
I understand. I got that. My older son got engaged two weeks ago, graduated from med school a few days ago. It's life is marching on. So you're someone who studies, writes, speaks, supports humans around betrayal. What what is your earliest memory of betrayal? You know, you don't study something like betrayal unless you have to. And and it really my I don't know if it's the earliest memory of betrayal, but I had a really painful betrayal from my family, then thought I did everything I needed to do to heal from that. It happened a few years later. This time it was my husband. That was the deal breaker. Got him out of the house, looked at the two experiences, thinking, well, what's similar to these two? Of course, me, but what else? And realized, you know, boundaries were always getting crossed. I never took my needs seriously and something had to change. So mm. here it was, four kids, six dogs at the time, a thriving business. And I said, you know what? I'm like a book wasn't getting me out of this gym. I needed to really study this. So I, I enrolled in a PhD program in transpersonal psychology. Like one does, right? <laughs> <laughs> we and then I said betrayal. Yes. Well, you know what? For me, it was the only way out. I didn't know why, but it was. And I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? Well, that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. You make that sound so, well, both so difficult and so easy, really like wrapped up nicely. I imagine the process of learning, digging into betrayal, had you reflecting on, oh, like, oh, shit, you know, this was me. And I, judgment or not, we all kind of go there. Um, mm -hmm. What kind of support did you get to look, e even to, you know, as, as you're learning about betrayal, what kind of support did you get to process your own? Yeah, it, I, I had no support. I mean, this was this was me just diving in, and and I don't want to minimize it at all. It was brutal, mm -hmm. um, but I but there was something about it where I just I I didn't have an option to not heal. I had a business to run. I had kids. I had so it was like I just had to figure this out, and I truly became my own case study. Whatever the study was proving worked, I did it, and whatever the study said. Does it work? I didn't do. And then it was interesting because, you know, all of a sudden, this is just so interesting how things work, right? I was getting like clients were coming my way who were struggling. You know, they were all struggling from betrayal and they were heavily medicated or so deep in trauma. And they were like, how are you doing this? And I just started sharing. And one thing led to another. And here we are now with the PBT, the Post Betrayal Transformation Institute. Crazy. Yeah. It not it amazing how people come your way and you don't have a sign out that says, come see me. I am the expert or I'm learning to be the expert in betrayal. But our people find us no matter what. Right. They they gravitate toward us and we see it. We can see it in others. Yeah. Well, it was really based on the three discoveries. I mean, when. And I'm happy to share what the yeah. discoveries were, but, it, it, you know, you you can't go learning such uh, insights about betrayal and then go back to what you were doing. I just felt like that wasn't that just that just wasn't right. And I remember a point in the study uh, realizing, you know, and thinking to myself, I have no idea how I'm going to heal from this. But if I do, I'm taking everybody with me like it was just annoying. Yeah, but happy to share what the discoveries were. Yeah, want to hear them. I do. I want to know first, when I think of betrayal, if there are ultimate sins, right? Mm -hmm. Betrayal is one of them. 
And I don't mean it from a religious sense. I mean, from a like punch in the face sense, betrayal feels Mm -hmm. that way. Why does that hurt us so much? You know, this was the person or these were the people that gave us a sense of safety and security. So when this is the person, these are the people to shatter that very sense of safety and security. It's traumatizing. Yeah. You know, when the people you trust the most prove untrustworthy, who do you trust? When the ones you run to and other people are causing harm, when they're the ones causing the harm, where do you go? It's completely disorienting. Yeah. When I think of like my own personal betrayal, er, I asked you what your earliest was. So here's, I'm just going to share an earliest for me, which may sound really small, but for me was really jarring and huge. So when my father was growing up, the family did not have much money, much of anything. And he never went to the circus. So fast forward, he's got kids. I don't remember my mother being there, but I remember my father taking us to the circus. And not only was he going to take us, but he was going to take us and put us in the front row because now he could. And so it's my brother, sister and I, we're at the circus and it's fun and the music is there and it's all chaotic and all the things. And the clown is right in front of me. And the clown is doing the clown things and juggling and doing whatever. And I really wanted the clown's attention somehow being adorable, got the clown's attention. And I noticed that the clown's face paint was a smile, but the clown's actual face was just like straight mouthed, um, so not into it. And I thought, this is fucking weird first. And then I thought, this is right this is supposed to be joy, but this does not look joyful. And while I didn't have the word betrayal, I had the the sense, the bodily sense of this is fucked. I am trusting this children's entertainer, right? That's what I'm here for. And yet this does not compute. Okay. So that's like, yeah. <laughs> might sound so small. It still haunts me. <laughs> it's still my clown thing, you know? Yeah. It's- well, you know, the way it works with betrayal is the, you know, this was a breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. Every relationship has them. So if the rule is a clown is supposed to be happy and smiley and and this clown wasn't, if that was the rule in your mind, yeah. then that could feel like a betrayal. The way it works is the more we trust and the more we depend on someone, the deeper the betrayal. So for example, a child who completely dependent on a parent, let's say, and the parent does something awful, that's going to have a different impact than you know your best friend sharing your secret. Your yeah. coworker taking credit for your idea. Still a betrayal, different level of cleanup left in the wake. Yeah, I understand that. Mm-hmm. So in my own personal experience, so I experienced childhood sexual abuse at 10 years old. It was at my father's father, who was a perpetrator. And he told me all sorts of things. Like if I tell anyone, he'll murder my family, you know, all those sorts of threats. And I didn't feel betrayed by him. I just thought he's a sick fuck. But as I got older, I felt betrayed by my parents, although they did not know but I was not kept safe. So is there betrayal when, I mean, I had a sense of betrayal because I did, right? I had an expectation that my parents would protect me. I was not protected. Mm -hmm. And yet they did not know that they did not protect me. The rule is, uh, you know, my parents will protect me and then you don't, you're not protected. So they didn't know. I mean, can you really fault them for it? But, but that was, this spoken or unspoken rule. So yeah, a betrayal is any breaking of that spoken or unspoken. Got it. Okay. 
Okay. I know there are three areas that, that you've discovered. And there are also like five stages. Is that what it is? Five stages of betrayal? Yeah. Um, tell me. That's one of the, that's the three discoveries. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's hear about it. Dig in. Give it to us. Sure. Okay. So the first discovery was that betrayal is a very different type of trauma. You know, I, I had been through death of a loved one. I'd been through disease and I was like, mm, betrayal feels different for me. I didn't want to assume it was the same for all my study participants. So I asked them, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Unanimously. They said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the entire self gets shattered, rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, right? They're all trashed. So that type of healing, you're not just rebuilding the your life, you know, you're rebuilding the self. So uh, it needed its own name. So that type of healing is now called post-betrayal transformation, the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. So that betrayal is a different type of trauma. That was the first discovery. Want to hear the next one? Yes, please. Okay. So the second one was that there's actually a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. Mm. We've had tens of thousands of people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. A few things about that. The first thing is we've all been taught time heals all wounds. I have the proof that when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. There's a question on the quiz that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. feels like it happened yesterday. So we know we can't count on time. Like look at your example of the clown, right? I mean, that's decades. And without deliberate and intentional healing from it, it stays there. And it just always will until you decide to intentionally and deliberately heal that. Anyway, we every few months, I pull the stats from the quiz to see where people land. Happy to share some of them if that would serve. Sure. Okay. So, you know, thousands and thousands of people, men, women, just about every country is represented. Out of those, 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 94% deal with painful triggers. The most common physical symptoms, 71% have low energy, 68% have sleep issues, 47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, maybe they can't hold food down. Later on, they're emotionally eating. 45% have a digestive issue, and that could be anything. Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea, you name it. The most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed. 64% are in shock. 62% can't concentrate. So imagine you can't concentrate. You have a gut issue. You're exhausted. You still have to work. You still have to raise your kids. That's not even the emotional ones. Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. It's common to bounce back and forth between those two all day long. Uh, 82% feel hurt. 79% are stressed. Here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again. 84% have an inability to trust. That one just got me. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. You know what's staggering about those statistics? Even though, I mean, you you didn't hear me say one thing, 20%, 30%. These numbers are super high. They're also not necessarily from a recent betrayal. This could be from that 
parent who did something or grandparent who did something awful when you were a kid. This could be from the boyfriend or girlfriend who broke your heart in high school. Mm -hmm. So think about this. That person may not know, care, remember, they may not even be alive. Mm -hmm. And here we are decades later with these symptoms from something that happened back then. Those are symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome. The good news is you could heal from all of it, which was the third discovery. Happy to share that if you want to hear. Yes, please. Sure. So this for me was the most exciting. And what was discovered was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and most people do, if we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome that I just shared to that completely rebuilt place of post-betrayal transformation, we're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every stage. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Healing is entirely predictable. Happy to share the stages if you want to hear them. Let's hear them. Okay. They're all mapped out in my book, Trust Again. It's all we do within the PBT Institute. It's what all of our coaches are certified in. Here's a boiled down version. So stage one, this is before it happens. And if you can imagine four legs of the table, of a table, four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, what I saw with everybody, me too, was a heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing and kind of neglecting or ignoring the emotional and the spiritual feeling and being. Well, if the table only has two legs, easy for that table to topple over. That's us. Stage two, shock, trauma, D-Day, discovery day, mm. the scariest of all of the stages. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Mm. Right here, you've gotten the news or you've, you know, your, your world has just come crashing down. Life as you've known it is no longer. The bottom has truly bottomed out on you and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. You've ignited the stress response. You're also headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. Trust this person. These are the rules. This is how life works. And in one earth-shattering moment or series of moments, it all shattered. So the bottom is bottomed out. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of anything or anyone you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? Here's the trap though. Stage three, by far, hands down, is the most common place we get stuck. And here's why. Once we've figured out how to survive our experience, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where we just came from, we think it's good. And because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we don't know there's a stage four or stage five. Transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we park here, we plant roots here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And four things happen. The first thing is we start getting all those small self benefits. We get to be right. We get our story. We love our story. Mm -hmm. We get someone to blame. We get a target for our anger. We get sympathy from everyone we tell our story to. And when we don't know there's anything better we can get, that feels good. So we plant deeper roots. We're not supposed to, but we don't know. And now the mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you deserved it. 
Maybe you're not all that great. Maybe this, maybe that. So we plant deeper roots. Now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, well, this is the energy you're putting out. Like energy attracts like energy. So now you're attracting more situations, more circumstances, even relationships towards you to confirm, yep, this is where it belongs. You you belong. And here's also where you join that lame support group where you're like, you'll actually sabotage yourself from healing because now you found your people. Ah. And I see this all the time. It, it gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but you don't know there's anywhere else to go, right here is where you resign yourself. You're like, this stinks, but I have to get through my day. So here's where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, anything to numb, avoid, and distract ourselves from what's so painful to feel or face. So think about it. You do it for a day, a week, a month now. It's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. I can seriously see someone 20 years later and say, that emotional eating you're doing, that numbing in front of the TV, whatever. Do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. They would say it happened 20 years ago. All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. Mm. Does that make sense? Hell yes. That's why I wrote from hardened to healed because that's all about stage three. Like you've been through the worst of it already. What are you doing hanging out in the pool of stuckness, you know? So it's, it's just for stage three years. Anyway, if you're willing and willingness is a big word right here. If you are willing to let go of the small self benefits, grieve, mourn the lost bunch of things you need to do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo what happened, but I control what I do with it. Right there in that decision, you're turning down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but at least you stop the massive damage you'd been causing in stage two and stage three. Mm. Stage four feels like if you've ever moved. If you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, all your stuff's not there. It's not quite cozy yet, but you're like, okay, okay, we got this. It feels like that. But what's so interesting about stage four is if you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take those things that don't represent the version of you you want to be in your new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, right here at this one place moving from stage three to stage four, you've outgrown them. And people ask me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come. Very common. When you've settled into this new space, you've made it you know, mentally okay, you move into the fifth, most beautiful uh, stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. Mm. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. The mind is healing. You're making new rules. Here's where you make new boundaries based on what you've been through. And you have a new worldview based on everything you see so clearly now. And the four legs of that table, in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. And this is this is your research, right? This is your discovery. Thousands of people have participated in, you've got two quizzes, right? You've got the information. I'm like choked up slash speechless at the truth, the data, right? Data doesn't lie. And the brilliance that you are. This is really, really important stuff. What happens if we do nothing? You do nothing, you get nothing. You stay in stage three for life. You're guaranteed the symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome. You're guaranteed um, a a poor health, a mindset that doesn't serve you, relationships that stink, feeling stuck. That's your guarantee. That's right. And that's truthfully, 
where most people land and stay. And the longer they stay there, the more uh, inconceivable it seems to ever change and grow and heal. And then, like I said, then you start getting all your people to reconfirm your trauma. And, you know, it's the ain't it awful club. And then we never want to be without our people. So we actually will sabotage ourselves to prevent our growth. I see this all the time too with, let's say a couple and one's been betrayed. And as they're healing, they will sabotage their healing because they don't want to outgrow the known familiar even if it stinks. And if there's ever a recipe for repeat betrayal, that's it right there. But people are so afraid of the death and destruction of the old. And that's the only way to birth the new. And just to close the loop on my story, rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. And that's what I did with my family. Wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something from the ground up new with the person who hurt you. And that's what I did with my husband. Not long ago as two completely transformed people, we married each other again. New rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. And never in a bazillion years would I have done anything like that if for sure, if he wasn't totally different and if I wasn't either. But betrayal will show you who someone truly is. It also has the opportunity to wake them up to who they temporarily became. Not that you have to do anything with that, um, but you know, it allows for the transformation on both sides. Let's imagine that our listeners see themselves in this conversation. We know they do. And- yep. They're saying, oh man, stage four sounds amazing Mm -hmm. and really scary. What are signs of readiness? You know, a willingness, that's that's the biggest thing. And also you have to be so careful who you spend your time with during this very, very personal, not necessarily lonely, very personal time. Because here's the thing too, we have a lot of people coming into the PBT Institute with therapy trauma well-meaning therapists, but if anything will, and I'm a psychologist, but I'm a coach first, if anything will glue you to stage three, like crazy glue, it's endlessly going over your story without a strategic plan to move forward. Or let's say there's the couple's counselor and the whole intention is just to get you both, let's say in a marital situation, back together again. Well, if there are no consequences, if there's no big transformation, what's happening there? They're both enabling each other. It's it's awful. So we, we see that not working all the time. So it's got to be, I mean, that's why, you know, everything in the PBT Institute is really based on what the study proved works. Even the type of support is to lift and inspire, not to keep you stuck. Um, so willingness would be the main thing. You have to be willing to let go of your story and all that you get from it. Like imagine a trapeze, right? Someone's holding on. This is stage three. Someone's even holding on to the other bar, that's stage four. But if you notice, you don't go anywhere until you let go yeah. of stage three. That's right. when you start to swing. Got it. Got it. Really. I love that. I love that analogy. It makes a lot of sense. I'm just thinking about myself and mm-hmm. my own transformation before really digging into my own trauma. So mm-hmm. I like totally knew it was there, pushed it down from 10 to into my early 50s. So 40 years. I mean, also some really shitty therapy along the way. Really like imagine like eighth, ninth trauma piled onto the initial trauma, right? Because of shitty, shitty therapy. So my biggest fear was that I was willing Mm -hmm. to transform 
my biggest fear was that I would be so changed that I would be unrecognizable mm -hmm. and therefore unable to connect with my family. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a risk. Yeah, that is a risk. That is absolutely that is a risk. And do, do you ever hear that as people are coming in? Like, I don't want to be rocking oh, yeah. in a corner, a shell of myself in a million pieces. Mm -hmm. Right. But you need to be in a million pieces so you can reconstruct yourself to something that will blow your mind. Yeah. But people are so willing to just accept that that lack of healing where the only benefit, the only one is the familiar known. It's only because you know it. And when you think of every single thing you do, at one point you didn't do it. At one point it was unfamiliar. And if we can look at healing from betrayal as a great big unfamiliar, it changes things. And I'll tell you, we have, I mean, the people who, you know, we have in stage four and stage five, it's a game changer. Like that, we see it all the time. Stage four and stage five, that's where new levels of health, that's where new relationships, that's where new businesses are birthed. Mm -hmm. You don't have access to that when you're stuck in your trauma. Right. Like I had a, um, a, a retreat recently just for our high level uh, people in the in our community who they move through all five stages in six months. And four out of the 11 started new businesses, having nothing to do with what they were doing. Why? Because as you move through such deep trauma, you're like, if I could do that, what else can I do? What am I ready for now? Right. You know, right. so it's yeah. an exciting time. And and as you move that shit out of the way, right now you have access. You have access to yeah. who you are, what your dream. And you also will allow yourself to think bigger, right? Mm -hmm. The piece yep. of shit in me doesn't want to think big. The piece of shit in me wants to hide. But as I move mm -hmm. that stuff over right now, oh, that thing I always wanted or didn't even know I wanted. Now I can do that. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. Um. As I'm listening and thinking, huh, huh. I think uh, betrayal trauma is something I want to explore and imagine myself, because why do it small? Imagine myself now at your retreat, creating a new business. Uh, <laughs> this is really, really exciting stuff. What would be the first step for any listener to discover more about themselves, whether or not they have betrayal trauma or anything associated yeah. Well, first of all, as I share the stages, everybody knows exactly what stage they're in. Yeah. One resonated clearly. So understand um, if you found yourself in stage two or stage three, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. It totally is. And I get it. Before now, you may not have known there were five stages. Now that you know, what do you do with that? Right. Do you act like you didn't hear it? Do you just stay committed to your stage three? You can. You know, we have plenty of people who once they realize when they come into the PBT Institute, they take all the classes, see all the coaches, do the programs in stage two to move to stage three. They do all the stuff, the, everything in stage three, three to move to stage four. When people realize they will be moving through those stages, they have to decide, do I want to or do I have more uh, gain by staying stuck? And I uh, can't answer that. Yeah, right. So if they come to your website and we'll have a link to the website, they can... Listeners can take the quizzes and they'll get a response or will they oh, yeah. get an, they, an immediate response or is it emailed to them? Well, we have two two quizzes. One is uh, to see to what extent you're struggling with symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome. Another is to see you'll know what stage you're in. And then we have our programs. I mean, you know, instead of just talking about it and thinking about it, if you want to start moving through the stages, you absolutely can. 
You know, we have our, like the, for the people who just want to dip their toe in, we have our Trust Again 2.0 program. And then we have our 90-day, our Reclaim program, which is just, you get to work with our coaches. Mm-hmm. You get to have access to our program, which literally moves you through the stages, a supportive community that lifts and inspires masterclasses, like anything that the research proved works is in it. So if you if you want to move through, you can. We have a program for the betrayer too. So we have a lot of couples who come in where one does our reclaim uh, 90-day program, one does our rebuild for the betrayer 90-day program, and they meet up again as two very different people. Wow. That is cool. That's cool stuff. And what happens at the retreats? I mean, you, you, you said a little bit. That sounds so cool. Yeah. It's, it's all about transformation. So they're working with me for three days. This is... The, we d- create the version of them who's living, acting, breathing, reacting in stage five. And it's what's the shortest, quickest, most direct path to get there. So everything they're doing is, uh, it, it's a fast track to stage five. That's terrific. I'm going to ask you a, a question about you. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it's associated with the work too, because you get to answer it how you want. What are you most excited about in your world right now? It's really getting these five stages out, there were too many people stuck in stage three. So the more coaches we certify, the more the more therapists we certify, the more this word gets out, um, the more people just don't have to stay stuck. Yeah. Uh, we're doing everything we can once they're in to move them through. But the more people who realize truly staying stuck is a choice, the better. Yeah. What's really exciting from over here, from a podcast host and from somebody who has been betrayed, somebody who supports people who have been betrayed. What's really exciting to me is that you care, that you've done something, that you've built this this empire that is meaningful and really helping people move along with their lives. That's what we're here for, right? What's been most helpful for you today being in the Trauma Hiders Club? You know, just it's people like you who give people like me a voice. So I'm just grateful. Thank you. Thank you for being here. There's so much to think about, so much to look at, and so much to dig in. I'm so glad we had this time together. Thank you. You've been listening to the Trauma Hiders Club podcast. For more episodes, head over to my website where you'll find links to resources mentioned and all the ways you can listen on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're ready to fight, discover the rules of Trauma Club. Head over to KarenGoldfingerBaker.com.